Welcome everybody to Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. I am so excited today. I have an amazing guest, which we'll uh, introduce here in just a minute. But uh, as you know, I call this podcast a belief cast because I'm passionate about belief systems, because belief dictates the way we behave, you know. And so I get to witness everyday people overcoming a limiting belief that they've held on for decades. And when they switch that and they flip that belief, to something that's more liberating and free to watch their behavior follow that is truly uh, an exciting thing to watch. Uh, our guest today is Hannah McVeigh. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. She's an incredible individual, a powerful woman, and I'm, I'm so excited for you to get to know her today. Um, and so I want to thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. Um, you know, as I study belief systems each and every single day, I look at if you look at all the greats in the world, people who have done some amazing things in all aspects, in all areas of life, they all have a powerful belief system. They believe in themselves and they have a, a belief about the world that's actually positive and uh, empowering. Uh, Hannah is no different. And again, that's why I wanted you guys to, to get to know her today. She has an incredible story, probably one of the greatest stories when it comes to overcoming something when it comes in, in uh, about the addiction recovery world, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, she really, truly is a walking miracle, and you'll understand that here shortly. But uh, so we're going to get right into it. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So you. good morning. We're good here morning. bright and early, yes, right? Yes, it is early. <laughs> yeah, a little early for Are me. you usually up this early? No. Or? No? No, this is early. <laughs> well, thank you for joining. And uh, I wanted to maybe just start off a little bit about uh, talk about your maybe where you grew up a little bit about your family mm -hmm. how many siblings you might have and mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about that okay um I grew up in Mesa Arizona okay and I have two brothers and two sisters where do you fall in line um second to youngest okay. I have a younger sister gotcha mm -hmm. right on and yep. so how long did you live in Mesa um I lived there till I was about 12 and then when I was 12 we moved up to I'm like kind of nervous. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? We're both a little nervous, but you know what? That's okay. Okay. When it's all I good. was 12, we moved up to Utah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, so where did you go to school, high school? I went to Skyline High School. Okay. Churchill what, Junior High. What did you do there? Did you play any sports? Mm -hmm. Did you Were you involved in any clubs? or? Um, I played volleyball. I played oh, okay. for the school team and I played club Now volleyball. I know why you're so good at volleyball. Uh -huh. yep. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I played club ball all through high school. Okay, mm -hmm. right on. That's awesome. Yeah. It was Anything super fun. else that you did in high school besides that? Um, I was in choir. Oh, really? Uh huh. Yeah, I was a choir kid. Do you still sing now, or? Yeah, just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> in your car as I you're driving. I think I'm great. Yeah. yeah. As I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, do, does all your family live here? Uh, um. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All my siblings live here. Right it's super fun. I love it. I'm uh, super close with my family, which is really nice yeah you got a great family mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. um so tell us about like what's what does a day in the life look like in hannah's life well i work at nordstrom okay and it's pretty fun yeah I like it. yeah <laughs> selling kids clothes um so i'll wake up and i'll set my intent and if it's about work i'll kind of set my goal for the day okay what i want to make what i want to do and i'll have some positive self-talk in there, just like nice. pump myself up for the day. Nice. Um, and again, I'm super close with my family, so I'll go see my mom a lot. Okay. And just 
No. Now, if I understand correctly, you're you're working out a lot. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I keep really hearing like from that. I keep hearing from Jake like how tough and buff you're getting. Like. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah. Jake, by the way, is your boyfriend, and they are getting Beyonce. married. Fiance. Yep. Fiance. Excuse Beyonce. me. Fiance. Yeah. Yeah. When when are you getting married? You... Um, our date is March seventeenth. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are going to get to know Jake eventually, too. But uh, two, two of the best people I've ever met by far. And uh, so I'm excited for, for that. That's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah, I am, too. Yeah, that's Great. neat. So you guys work out quite a bit, mm-hmm. don't you? Yep. So do you go to the gym? Do you what, what else do you do? We go to the gym in the summer. We run, but now it's too cold, so we go to the gym a right. lot during the week. Yeah, don't do you ride? Don't you ride bikes sometimes too? Or? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he does. Oh, he yeah, does. Okay. I do not ride bikes. No, I <laughs> How do. Come? I don't enjoy like feeling out of control, and so like oh, okay. I don't really like snowboarding for the same reason. I don't yeah. like to go fast. Yeah, I tried snowboarding once, yeah. and I was like, I'll stick with skiing. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh-huh. a little more control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's fun, but yeah, I don't like to go fast. So right on. I don't think bike riding down. I'll do a stationary bike. <laughs> yeah, right on. So, um, so what? Who do you is who do you admire in life? Do you follow? Do you read and study about certain people? Is there anyone in your life that you um, like to? Yeah, there's a lot of people study? that I look up to for sure. Um, my mom, my mom is an incredible woman. Uh-huh. Um, she just is always there for me. Like if I need to talk about anything, she's the person I always go to. She just right. has really great advice and love for me. Sure. Which is super nice. Um, <laughs> but I'll, Elizabeth Smart is incredible. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you've read her book, but you should read her book because I can imagine. I've seen her documentaries mm-hmm. that just kind of came out, and I watched those. And Just her perspective on life is so yeah. amazing, like what she's been through. And then she's just so positive, and she really um, believes in the power of choice and that you don't get you don't get to choose what happens to you, obviously. She never would have chosen what happened For to sure. her. But she got to choose after how she responded to it. Wow, and I it, love that. Yeah, it's, she's pretty cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting you say that because one of my heroes is uh, J.C. Dugard. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same situation. She was held captive for 18 years, and, mm-hmm. and she was you know viciously raped through that entire time. Mm-hmm. And she has one of the most powerful statements that I've ever heard before in my life. And she says, I choose not to wallow in self-pity. Mm-hmm. And therefore, she's free. And talk about powerful belief systems. Elizabeth Smart can easily be a drug addict, alcoholic to numb out all these oh, horrible sure. negative feelings. But yet, like you said, she chooses yeah, not she to. She chooses not to. And for the most part, I mean, I don't, I don't know her obviously, but it just seems like she's just so positive and like yeah. she just let it go because she chose to. Right. And like now she speaks out against it. She's just so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, let's uh, let's get into a little bit of your background and your story. You've got an amazing story. You've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been to, through hell and back, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yep. And so let's, if you don't mind, let's talk a little Not bit about that. Oh, yeah. Right. Sounds so good. I've known Hannah for several years now, and when I first met Hannah, um, she was not in a good place. No. <laughs> she she uh, was addicted to heroin, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. And so let's maybe talk a little bit about you know, kind of how that all kind of started with sure. you. I mean, obviously in high school, it sounded like you're involved with volleyball and, yeah. and a few other things, but 
tell us kind of what was going on and when that all kind of started. Yeah, it's so it started way back. So I said <clears throat> when I was 12, we moved from Arizona up to Utah. Uh-huh. Um, the reasoning where my my parents were um, having struggles and they separated, and my brother went to Lifeline. Oh yeah, this here in Salt Lake, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I had a really good childhood. Like I was super happy. Things seemed normal, and everything was good. Um, and then all of these bombs were dropped, and I didn't really know how to deal with it. And then we right. moved to a different state, oh, and yeah. I just felt like I didn't really fit in with the kids um, when I went to Churchill. Like they all came seemingly from good Mormon solid families and my family was kind of in disarray so what was your belief about you at that time I wasn't good enough Mm. um I didn't fit in right um my world didn't make sense um so I just felt really out of control and I remember like crying to my mom every Sunday night like I don't want to go back to school just like feeling so lonely Right. was a main thing and so I think that's where it really started um was not really knowing my place and who I was and so I would just repeat some really negative things to myself yeah. um and I really grew to not like who I was like it seemed like I was fitting in I played right. volleyball right um I had really good friends but I was just so lonely mm. and like yeah yeah just, well, you're touching my heart right now. I'm uh-huh. serious. I'm getting a little emotional because I know who you are now. Mm-hmm. And to think back then, that's what you believed about yourself. And mm-hmm. and that's that's the crazy thing is that we tell ourselves this story. Yeah. And it isn't real, but I get why you were thinking that. I mean, mm-hmm. that, you got all these bombs dropped on you. You leave to go to a different state and you're coming to this place where you don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. It's easy. And most kids do fall into that, uh, that belief that we're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so obviously that was going on. So you felt out of place and that belief was there. What up? So what did that kind of lead to? How were you um, trying to get away from that? Yes. So, um, I found just one weekend. I don't, I found in my mom's medicine cabinet, a uh, Percocet. Mm. And like, I knew there's been history in my family of drug use. Um, okay. and so I knew what it was and I knew it was bad and I wanted to try it. How old were you? Um, when you found the Percocet? 14 or 15. Okay. And so I took it, and, like, suddenly everything was quiet. Like, all the voices in my head that were like, mm. you're not good enough, you're lonely, this is too hard, they just kind of got quiet for a minute. Wow. And it felt good. Yeah. And so whenever I could, I would try to find more pills. Um, it didn't happen very often, but often enough. Right. And that feeling was like really liberating for a while. So did that lead into, I mean, did you start trying to take a Percocet every day kind of thing? Just, no, it was. Just when you started feeling overwhelmed? Or, yeah, okay. mostly when I could find them. Right. And it wasn't, I didn't have that much access to them. Okay. And so when I could find them, I would take them. Okay. Were you doing anything else at that time too? Mm-hmm. Just, no. just taking a pill every now and then yep. when you could find it? Mm-hmm. Okay. How exactly. long did that go on for? Um, throughout high school, I guess, um, every now and then, like I said, I didn't have that much access. So just like occasionally if I could find it, I would do it. Okay. Um, but I always remember that feeling like, oh, it helped you feel good. Yeah. Um, and so then I went to college, I went to Utah state 
and um, then I started drinking and smoking cigarettes and like rebelling even more. Mm-hmm. Um, just I told myself I was just trying to find out who I really was, like just trying to mm-hmm. figure out my place, and I didn't fit in necessarily with the Mormon side. I didn't think. And so I'm going to go the exact opposite and right. see if I fit in there. Okay. Um, but I ended up meeting a boy up there who was really mean to me. He right. was physically and emotionally and sexually abusive to me. And all of those voices got louder and louder and louder. You're not good enough. You're so so you're, you're with this guy who's abusing you on every level, it mm-hmm. sounds like. That had to have been really scary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This little 19-year-old girl. And yeah. I didn't... It was like my first real boyfriend, too. Right. Um, yeah, it was very scary. How long did that go on? I mean, how long were um, you with this guy? And how almost did... a year. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that just kind of made things worse, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean... Oh, it amplified everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Huh. Was he... Were you using with him? Was he drinking mm-hmm. and smoking drinking and all that Drinking and smoking pot mm-hmm. and um, taking pills when we could find them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so kind of jump ahead there. You're, you're going through this experience with this guy and it's lasted for about a year. Um, what... Did, were you... How did you get away from this guy and what... You know, kind of talk about that. Um, <laughs> well... So there was a teacher up at Utah State who was amazing, and I can't even remember her name. Mm. Um, I was in such a fog and so behind in school and just, Uh. like, kind of fumbling through life, just trying to make it. Um, But I had bruises all on my arms. Mm. And I went to class one day, and I was behind, so I had to talk to her um, and just try to make up an assignment. And she just stopped me, and she was like, who's hurting you? And I just broke down crying, like, oh, finally, finally someone sees it and is addressing it so I can. And so I talked to her about it, and we kind of came up with a plan Um, that didn't work, actually. (laughs) The plan didn't work. But I went went back to the boyfriend because I was like, well, maybe it'll change. Just one more time, maybe it'll change. Um, And then we got into another fight, and everything just like kind of got quiet and really clear and it was just like you can go home and you can go home to your mom and go right now and so I just packed up some stuff really quick and I drove home to Salt Lake and I never went back. Wow mm-hmm. that had to have been uh, scary but also you were very brave to do that. Thank you yeah. I would imagine did he try to reach out to you after that? Oh yeah. Tr- I'm mm-hmm. sure he did. Yeah we yeah. had to get a restraining order and yeah. all of it. Now, now I know why maybe you are um, Elizabeth Smart's one of your heroes because on some level some level yeah you, not even close not even close but, to yeah. what she went through but it doesn't matter it's all relative that was your situation yeah that's scary mm-hmm. yeah I can't even I mean I got I have three girls of my own I can't imagine one of my daughters going through that mm-hmm. that would be really really scary mm-hmm. wow. so this so you finally go home and then are you still using or what what's going on oh at this yeah point? because I, again, I, at that point, I think I was 20, but like all of those voices <clears throat> that you're not good enough were really reinforced. Um, and so I, at that point, I really hated who I was. And yeah. um, also I blamed myself for staying and not seeing it and for staying so long. So it just, 
yeah, it was a pretty dark time. Yeah. Wow. And and then obviously you came you came home and told your mom what what was going on. And uh-huh. She sounds like because you said she's one of your heroes oh, right yeah. now. Yep. So obviously she was very supportive mm-hmm. in trying to help you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she but was that great. belief system that you had that you weren't good enough, that you couldn't do it, you know, you're never going to get out of this, was obviously still holding you back. Correct? Oh yeah. Yep. And so that's when I really started finding more pills, more opportunities to find pills. Mm -hmm. But I also um, started cutting and burning myself because if I couldn't find something to take, um, if I could like, I don't know, I was going through so much inner turmoil that if I could see like an actual reason for the pain, it made more sense to me. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. That's what what I was going through and so if I had a burn I could watch then it just made sense for all that pain wow well I do know you know people who burn or cut is that's almost a a release it actually feels good because your emotional pain is so intense Mm -hmm. that it's a way even for a moment to forget the emotional Mm -hmm. pain and focus on the burn Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. wow that is unbelievable um so tell me how you ended up you get, you know, obviously this has led to like starting to do heroin and mm-hmm. things like that. Can you, can you explain that? Like when that started um, or are you at this point already doing that? Well, no, not at this point. Okay. Um, this is still just drinking and taking whatever I could, but I hadn't led up to heroin yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I met, I went to treatment, um, and it was, I was drinking a lot and taking a lot of pills, mm-hmm. and so I went to treatment before I came to Wasatch, um, and I met a boy there, and I started dating him, and he had used heroin. And which, he, which, by the way, is the worst thing you can do in a treatment center. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yes. We used to give you a hard time about oh, that, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Oh, for sure. <laughs> we can laugh now, but at the time, I mean... You were looking for some validation. Some, Definitely, that's how I knew. You know, how to if I'm find with it. a guy, I'm yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even though he's very unhealthy, you felt at least, hey, someone, someone likes, likes me. me. Yep. Yeah. So I must be okay. And again, that that goes back to what we talk about is that belief system. She had a belief she wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. and so she reaches out to some guy who's very unhealthy, and therefore it gives her, even for a moment, a sense that she's okay, but it isn't real. Right? Because she's reaching out to something ex- that's external. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So we used to really give you a hard time. <laughs> For sure. And I didn't get it at first, but uh, I get it now. Yeah. But, um, but I understand in the moment, that's kind of what, that was the best you knew. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I have to be a little bit kind to my past self. Yeah. I was doing the best well, I yeah. could. Mm-hmm. You were. You really were. Yeah. But, uh, but um, so, so you're, this is going on. And is that when the heroin started? Did you start using with this guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that fascinating how that started in treatment almost, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how long did that go on and how long, you know, were, you know, how long were you using heroin at that point, I guess? Um, I used, so he relapsed when he was using a lot longer than me. I knew... It was really bad when I started heroin. I was really in a bad way. And so, like, I put it off mm-hmm. for as long as I could. And then at one point, I just, just like, I I don't care anymore. I'm going to try this. I don't care. Um, 
And so I probably used for about four months or so. Mm -hmm. And then I knew I needed help. And he was going to treatment and I was going to be homeless. And I didn't have any other options. So again, I went to my mom. I was like, I need help. I need need something to change. Right. And um, so I came to Wasatch. Right. And that's when I met you for Mm -hmm. the first time. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She, uh, when I met Hannah, I mean, you, I think you weighed like 80 pounds. I mean, you were so thin. Yeah. And you just looked like death. And felt like it too. Yep. Yeah. She felt like it. You, um, did you go to detox? Yeah. I went to uni. Okay. She went to uni. And And then then I left uni. Did they put you on, they put you on Suboxone? Yes. Correct. Uh huh. Okay. And this is, this is going to, this is what I wanted to kind of talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all of this, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, so they put you on Suboxone. You come to Wasatch. You're, you know, you're you're coming off of heroin. You're sick. I remember you were in your room for that like the first hurting. week and a half or yeah. so. We didn't uh-huh. see her. Um, so talk about that for a minute. Um, yeah, I was really hurting. Um, I was, I weighed about 95 pounds, I think, when I was at right. uni. Um, yeah. And so they put me on Suboxone, and it just was, but in my head, I just was saying, this is too hard. I'm too scared. <laughs> like, I can't do this. See, that's another belief. Oh, yeah. Is it hard? For sure. But it's mm-hmm. not too hard. But that's what you're saying. This is just too hard. Mm-hmm. And that's a belief that holds us back. Uh-huh. Okay. And so I stayed mm-hmm. in my room, pouting and hurting. <laughs> yes, for I pouting. I think it was like two weeks. And, like, I just didn't want to try. I didn't want to do it. I was scared, and I was sick. And I was in my room, and everyone else was in group. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, this feels very familiar. Like, you know how to do this very well. You know how to play the victim. You know how to get out of stuff. You know how to um, cry and pout and avoid very well. Why don't you try something else? And so I was like, okay, to myself, I was like, all right, we're just going to try. We're going to see what happens because it can't get much worse. And so um, I started meeting with you and listening to what you had to say. And um, I started, one thing you said was, like, love yourself. You need to love yourself. And that's just Mm -hmm. the most powerful thing you can do. And so I started to repeat to myself, I love myself. Because my thing was, I hate myself. I hate my life. I would wake up every morning, and that's the first thought that would go through my head, is I just, I hate this. I hate it. And it's interesting you say that, because you said at the beginning of this uh, belief cast, you said, what's your day look like? And you said, I I get up and I set my intent in a positive, powerful way. Yep. Without you knowing it at the time, the moment you woke up, you said, I hate myself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so you set intent. your intent. And therefore, everything kind of followed mm-hmm. and kind of mirrored that intent mm-hmm. throughout absolutely. your day, right? Yep. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. interesting. Yep. <laughs> um, where was I? So, let's see. I didn't mean to cut No, that's okay. My bad. No, I love it. You're fine. That was <laughs> very important, actually. Yeah. But I just thought that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. You are, I really believe when we set our intent, we, we, we basically speak it into existence. Mm-hmm. So when I say I hate myself, God, the universe says, yes, there you go. Yeah. Go ahead. Here hate you yourself. Go, and you I'll go. give you some reasons why, <laughs> and you'll be able to see it throughout the day. Yeah, wow. definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. So I started to say, I love myself instead. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
and like it took a minute that felt very uncomfortable for me at first to say I love myself I love my life what that doesn't make any (laughs) sense but as it became more familiar and I repeated it it became a habit and like I held myself differently I would look people in the eye when I was walking around I would Mm -hmm. actually have conversation with people just everything changed um and so I at first I tried to get off Suboxone and I was crying about it and I made me put I made them put me back on it. And then the second time I was tapering, I forgot I was coming off of it because I was so, like, wrapped up in these new beliefs and, like, I am so happy and, like, I love my life and I'm going to get this and I'm getting after this. And tapering off Suboxone just became, it didn't matter. Yes. I forgot. Well, if I remember correctly, is... You, you had a belief it's too hard to come off Suboxone. Uh-huh. And it was so much so that you came in to, and told us that I'm leaving. This is too mm-hmm. hard. I just want to go use mm-hmm. because you said this is just too hard, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about switching that belief system saying, no, you can do this. It actually can be easy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the most remarkable things I, about Hannah is watching her before our very eyes change her belief about coming off of that. And by the way, if people, if you don't know, coming off Suboxone, you ask anyone who's done it, they said it's one of the most brutal things they've ever done. Mm-hmm. It's even harder than coming off of heroin, almost, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But Hannah flipped her belief system around it, saying, no, I'm going to do it. This will be easy. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, what happened? It was easy. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> this is funny because we started calling you the ninja. <laughs> Because it was just so remarkable. And the example you set for everyone, not only here at Wasatch, but just even even me as a as a counselor, uh, you even blew me away. Because mm-hmm. I've never been on Suboxone, so mm-hmm. I, but I've studied it, and I obviously see people coming off of it all, every single day. Yeah. But to watch you do that, I was so inspired. I was like, wow, here's this 95-pound skinny Mm -hmm. heroin drug addict and whatever Mm -hmm. broken damaged just flip it and say no i'm gonna do this yep so that to me and correct me if i'm wrong was kind of like when things started to change oh yeah definitely talk about that like how that felt uh (laughs) amazing like it's just kind of hard to put into words it just it was so clear like all of the principles that you teach, like I am a creator and I'm powerful beyond measure and I have the dignity to choose. They just, once I started switching some beliefs that I love myself and coming off Suboxone will be easy and like mm-hmm. I have a really great life. Um, it just, all of those other beliefs, um, they're just part of me. So it was right. just like I was realizing something that I knew from a long time ago. Yeah. And I was just remembering it. So it just... Oh, I look... I'm sorry. (laughs) Did you hear what she just said? It wasn't that she didn't know this stuff. It was as if you had forgotten. Yeah, I had forgotten. You were just remembering. And that is a principle that people need to understand. Because you know that you're powerful beyond measure. Mm -hmm. You know that you're a creator. Mm -hmm. And you know you have that gift to Mm -hmm. make a decision. Mm -hmm. And when you were little, and when I was little, and all you listeners, when we were little, and you were little... You all, you knew this, mm-hmm. but we forget it. Yeah. So all I was doing 
was reminding you. Mm-hmm. That That's was what it, it felt right? like. Yeah, and I was just like waking up again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just was so fun. Like, oh, I just remember man. having so much fun in treatment. Like, <laughs> discovering. You fun this, in treatment, yeah. people. <laughs> discovering who I was again. It was just yeah. like I was a little kid and I got to play around with honesty and I got to play around with love of self. And it yeah. was just so freeing. And, and yeah. I still do it every single day. Which, well, one of the things, you know, one of the things I see often with clients and, and, and even with you, if I look back on what you were struggling with, you, you really thought something was wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and we would just laugh like she would, you know, it's funny because everyone who looks at Hannah from a distance, especially when you're going through that, including your mom, mm-hmm. can see your greatness. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. like, what is she doing? But you are walking around believing something's wrong with you mm-hmm. i'm not good enough mm-hmm. right that is probably the number one thing i hear all the time i'm just i'm not good, I'm not good enough, enough right mm-hmm. so here you are walking around that you know you have a belief that you know something's wrong with you yeah. but what was the truth nothing yeah there's nothing wrong with me nothing. i'm great nothing the most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there's nothing wrong with you mm-hmm. right and that's what you're experiencing yeah it was delightful yeah, yeah. i mean how, how often do you hear what you just said? You know, I got to enjoy being honest. Yeah, it was so fun. I mean, yeah, it's been years of lying and just like yeah. about the dumbest things I would lie, <laughs> always. And so to just get to play with honesty and have yeah. fun, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Well, again, honestly, we, we called her the ninja. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> and I still look at you as like a ninja because how you live your life and, you know, and that's been a while, you know, so... You know, if we jump ahead just a little bit, I mean, you've been clean for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like we said in the beginning, you you got a, a great job. You've got an amazing boyfriend mm-hmm. who you're getting or fiance. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I keep That's forgetting. Okay. Sorry, Jake. Sorry about <laughs> that, dude. Um, and you two are getting married in March. Yep. And uh, I mean, it just seems like things are kind of following things the, are in the place, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Well, um, if if you could go back to when you were 14 and 15, because that's kind of when things started. Yeah. If you could go back to your 14 or 15-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? What advice would you give yourself at that age? Um, I would give myself a hug and mm-hmm. just be, say you're okay. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with you because wow. that's so huge. And for years starting then, I would just tell myself, you're not good enough. You're not yeah. okay. I would just say you're okay. And maybe just be gentle with yourself. Be kind. Like, be your own right. best friend. Because you have to hang out with yourself all day, every day. So why not have That's fun? That's right. Yeah. You know? Wow. So hopefully uh, you out there, and you, especially you kids, hopefully, hopefully you just heard what she said. You know, I guarantee you right now a lot of these kids are walking around right now thinking something's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And take it from Hannah. It wasn't true, though, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you you thought it was true, but the reality is that was part of you lying to yourself. Yeah. Right? So kids out there who are walking around believing something's wrong, I mean, that advice that you give yourself, I mean, hopefully they hear this mm-hmm. and do something yeah, different. So. Yeah. Like, if you think there's something wrong with you, maybe say what you think is wrong out loud and laugh at it. Because <laughs> power of laughter is really huge. Like, it that. can just release some tension. Yeah. There really is nothing wrong with you. Yeah. 
you remember when we would laugh at yes, you and you were drive me crazy. She gets so upset. She's like, so "Why are you guys laughing? Stop laughing!" She's over there crying, <laughs> talking about how bad her life is, and we're laughing at her. But but you said something really cool because right. what we're trying to get people to do, especially in you in that instance, is to look at that and laugh at it. Yeah. Because it takes away the power of yes, it, right? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it shifts it. Because we knew nothing was wrong with her. She just didn't know it yet. And mm-hmm. that's why we would laugh. And eventually uh, she figured that out. And now she can laugh at herself. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yep. I love that. That was so cool. <laughs> um, so what advice other than that? Is there any other advice you give kids growing up who may be in your position where maybe their families, you know, mom and dad got a divorce or they've moved or they feel like they don't fit in um, and they're just they're feeling lost? Like what? What advice could you give them or what could they do to maybe kind of pull themselves out of that and, and, and move forward in a more powerful, empowering way? Um, Elizabeth Smart said, like, you don't get to choose what happens to you, but you get to choose how you react. Mm. And so just to live your life intentionally, um, set an intent. and But it starts with loving yourself. And you gave me a challenge when I was at Wasatch, um, to say, I, Hannah, love myself. I love who I am. Right. 400 times a day. <laughs> 400, 400 times a day. 400. And to write it down and to tally it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the challenge I would give to the viewers is to say, I, I love myself. And use your name because it makes it more personal and it right. brings it home. And to write it down and to say it out loud and to yell it and to say it into the mirror. So it just becomes natural because that's right. that's where my base is. It, everything I do is coming from a place of love because I love myself. Right. And so when you get that base, which takes some practice, um, your life can change. Your world will change around you. Right. So that's my challenge. So, that's your, so yeah, I asked you to come with a challenge. So that's your challenge. Mm-hmm. Okay, hopefully you guys heard that. Add your name, say that you love yourself. So it would be like, I, Todd, love myself. Mm-hmm. I, Todd, love who I am. Yep. And and say it 400 times a day. Yeah. So how about we for the next week? That's what mm-hmm. the challenge is. So yes. everyone who's listening, whoever who downloads this, I dare you to do it. Because I'll tell you what, that's how a belief system is formed. Um, repetition deepens the impression. Mm-hmm. So when we say something over and over again, right, it might feel like you're fighting it. But oh, eventually, yeah. it, it turns shifts. into a, yes. right? Uh-huh. And, like, why not try it? Like, your life's not going to get any worse by trying this. So yeah. Why not? Well, so, if, so, we, you had some limiting beliefs. Obviously, you flipped those. What beliefs can we, we'll kind of maybe end with this. Mm-hmm. What are some of the powerful beliefs that you have about yourself now? Obviously, you love yourself, oh, yeah. and that's a powerful that's, one. Yep. I mean, that's the ultimate. But what other beliefs do you have about yourself as you go throughout your life that are really empowering, that kind of set you free, so to speak, mm-hmm. that you might have? There? I love myself. I'm a happy person. Um, I used to be very depressed, and I was actually diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. So I <laughs> thought, I know. <laughs> By the way, that's completely false. I, I just want to say that. It's hilarious. <laughs> so I used to think I was very inconsistent. Yeah. Um, but I am very consistent. Yeah. I'm very happy. Yeah. Um, very loving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I would add, I would add, you're a fighter. Yeah. 
Um, you're, you're very positive. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're one of those people that people feel safe around. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I think um, people need to know more about you. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to challenge Hannah right here on this belief cast is to get out there because you have such an amazing story. You truly inspire me to be better. Thanks. Honestly, um, you're one of my favorite people. Thank and you. I think, and, and no matter what it is, whether it's if you were doing like life coaching or whether you want to write a book or whether you want to go speak in assemblies, I mean, especially little girls, they need yeah. to hear your message because I guarantee you there's thousands and thousands of girls in schools right now at 14 and 15 are feeling exactly how you felt. Yeah. Walking around like I'm ugly, no one likes me, I can't do this, I hate myself, I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to just challenge you to come up with a way of, of getting your message out there. Okay. And and I you know this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm willing to help you do whatever I can. Obviously, this belief cast, download this, people. Get it to as many people as you possibly can. If you have a, a, a sister, a, a, a you know, a family member, a, a niece or a nephew or anyone, download this, tell them to listen to this because this is such an inspiring story, Anna. Thank and, you. And it's amazing. Um, any any parting words that you want to end with? With uh... um, I, I don't think so. <laughs> you want to sing a song? Or... No, I'm good. You sure? Uh, you sure? Yeah. Well, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for you doing this. This thank is truly you, yeah. my honor mm. to have you on here. Um, I think the world of you. You know that. Thank you. Um, and uh, I just I, I'm pumped, man. What a way to start Monday telling you yep. so listen to this and you know if someone wanted to reach out to you are you okay absolutely so yeah how would they do that um probably I don't know. maybe My your email email yeah, yeah. you want to tell us your email yeah it's h mcveigh hmcvea at gmail.com awesome and then she's absolutely. on instagram what's your instagram handle h mcveigh i think okay yeah yeah so she thinks Same. she's I not think. sure I yeah. don't know. I'm not anyway. that great. <laughs> Social media. Well, we'll be posting this soon. We'll have all the links up. And uh, anyway, you are uh, a walking miracle. And I truly, you know, you are the ninja in my mind. Thank you. Yeah, That's you're amazing. Right. Good job. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. You're the best. My pleasure. Okay.